Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Just Riding Along. This is episode 86. I had came up with the intro of calling this, or the, the title of this episode of When the Predator Becomes the Prey. And I think we just decided to swap that over to That Thing is Juicy. <laughs> so Andrea will insert that little clip right here. All right. Thank you. And everybody's homework is to listen to that song. Yeah, not there'll just be a link the to that in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. I might have to just sing it just for copyright reasons. No, you can play a little snippet. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know these things. Yeah. Also, we're what are they going to do? Tell us to take it down and you take it out? Who gives a shit? Well, are they going to demonetize us? If we get a <laughs> cease and desist from Look, if, either DJ Paul Pat, or Juicy J, then I'll be pumped. If Project Pat me with shows his, up at your door. He'll slap me with his strong hand. oh my um so where i got the when the predator becomes the prey is andrea and i did a half marathon over the weekend and the entire time andrea was fucking running from someone (laughs) i was so the person that had been out hunting mountain lions became the prey because she'd be like oh shit there's the green jacket oh shit there's the green jacket i gotta go (laughs) I mean, I was also kind of chasing the... I wasn't really chasing the lady in front of me. She just went by so fast. And oh, I'll, I'll talk about it when I talk about my stuff. Okay. Um, Do we want to let Kenny go first since we're going to talk about running content? I don't... I I let do Kenny. not give any shits. No, no. Let's what? do this first so that when people are starting to get really glazed over, Kenny can snap them back into the world of two sports and no running. Two-wheeled, okay. no running. All right. Unless Kenny's like, I started running this week, and everybody <laughs> just shits in their pants. <laughs> no, it's uh, speed walking. Do we need to do patrons first? Fuck if I know. We got some new people. Where they at, though? Where they, where they at, though? That one. Oh, damn it. I didn't get my second pagers yet. These, this is the second page. Oh, shit. There's so many on the second page now. What was the roll so- call that they used to do on that one radio show in Memphis? What was that called? It's time to get crunk. It's time to represent. Tell Stan Bell what time is it? Yeah. And that sounds cool. And that may be <laughs> where you where you coming from? Uh, oh God, I forgot. Tell the last me who line. you be. No, that's pretty good. I'm impressed you remember that much. Yeah. But yeah, what was that called though? It's called the roll call, right? Yeah, it was the roll call. Okay. Do you remember roll what station call. was it? Ninety-seven one, one oh seven one. Yeah, I think Stan Bell was ninety-seven one. I remember those were the two kind of like decent rap stations. There was one oh seven one and ninety-seven one. Yeah, 1071 was a little harder than 971. 1071. <laughs> anyway, let's not do anything else that dates us to the 90s. So before Matt starts out, we do have two new $3 patrons, Brian and Matt. Thank you guys for joining in. Okay. So, uh we're going to start at 999. We have someone that donates or pa- patrons 99 whatever the fuck it is. They they spend $9.99 a month to fly under the radar. And I'm not going to name them by name, but I just, they'll know who they are and we appreciate them. I mean, we appreciate you all, but like, I can really appreciate the anonymity, but also the generosity. So, with that said, we've at 10, we got Zach, Tom, Todd, Tim, Tim's new, Ty, Scott, Sapphire, <laughs> you've got some, Cyan, you've got some new giants, Giant, Shuko, 
Sam, Ryan, Red Giant, ho, 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 Raymond, Phil, My Wang, Parker, Orange Giant, Nicole, Nick, MTB Shenanigans, Michael, Leland, Kevin, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, Gene, uh, Gryant, uh, JC, Jamie, Green Giant, we're dropping the hose on that one. Gordon, Giant Frank, G-Man, F That Guy, Mark, Ezra, Trilla, G, Evan, Dustin, Brad, Billy Singlespeed. That's a new one. Bill, Bo, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron, uh, Australia, we've got Lead Out Sports, Josh and Dean, $20 a month. we got Joe, Brady, Brad, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, Harley is at 30 Troy at 31 because he's a petty bitch. And he's in an airplane right now, probably. And six-pack outdoors. At 50. At 50. Oh, and real quick, speaking of that crew, we're putting on a gravel race and ride and gravel run at Vermejo, New Mexico. If you guys are interested, we'd love to have you. Vermejo, maybe? Vermejo? Vermejo? V-E-R-M-E-J-O. Dumbass redneck. Uh, We'd love to have you. Camping is available for $30. So, there you go. That is from Six Pack Outdoors. I don't know. Find them on the internet. You have Google. I fucking guarantee it. You can find them. It's probably sixpackoutdoors.org. Um, with that said, we've done patrons, and I'm going to very aggressively close that tab. So we recorded on Wednesday. It's Wednesday again. I feel like it's important to keep people an idea of timing because sometimes it's quicker, sometimes it's longer. Usually it's a week. So we ran a half marathon on Saturday. Thursday night, one of my coworkers drove down, camped in the yard. He was running the full marathon, so he worked from the van. I worked from, I mean, he he works from his van all the time, but I could just wave at him out my window. It was pretty cool. Then that was just Friday, Saturday. I ran. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, well, let's just do it. We should tell our race stories. No, I'll tell my race story because mine's much more pathetic than yours. <laughs> <clears throat> so what had happened was um, I just quit caring about most training again because I am do that. And uh, yeah, it didn't go well. The temperature was supposed to be like 50 degrees and sunny. And we it get 42 and snowing. We get to the race start and it's 42 and sunny over the course of the first Mm, hour and a half of the race it snowed yeah and it probably snowed a few inches i knew two minutes in that my legs were absolute trash for the day i just knew it just absolutely didn't stand a chance i came in at a pretty disappointing two hours and 37 minutes and straight up really didn't have a good time it snowed the course was really hard my legs were really shit and uh, my toes got kind of damp and cold, and I was just pretty miserable. That's pretty much my whole race. But Andrea should just talk about her race whenever she feels like it, because I'm going to tell about my Sunday, and then I can be done. Oh, my race was better than Matt's. I've been, I haven't done that much run training. My body doesn't really agree with running, so, I mean, I can hike a lot, and I've kind of worked up, I guess, since January to, I think my longest run was nine and a half miles. I went back and looked and I worked up to that. I did a lot. I did all of my intensity. Well, so if you run, if you trail run in Salida, unless you walk very slowly, you're doing intensity because it's steep. The trail's pretty relentless most of the time. It's tough. The trails there are just, they're pretty technical for running uh, by running standards. So 
yeah, they're, they're tough trails. Um, so, you know, I did do some running intensity on my, you know, on my longer runs as I was building up, but I didn't run more than once a week. I tried to run more than once a week and I just got really sore and then couldn't run for like two weeks. So, uh, yeah, I ran about once a week or less. I rode my bike two to three hours a week doing hard rides when I was riding. And I did a bunch of hiking when I was hunting mountain lions. But, you know, that's kind of all the training that I did. And I I really went into it without much expectation. You know, I kind of looked at the times from last year and it's like, well, I don't know. I course conditions are going to be a little different. And I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. So I just kind of went the pace I could do. And for a while, I was actually leading for the first, I guess, three miles or so. And then this lady, I say lady, she's 19 years old. She's barely not a teenager. Well, she's still a teenager. She um, she passes by me. And mind, mind you, it's, it's 42. It's snowing really hard. And I have very little filter sometimes. And she ran by me and she's in these really short shorts, which is... I mean, there's nothing wrong with that most of the time, but it's fucking cold and snowing. And I looked at her and she's um, kind of a darker complexion um, individual. And her legs were like lobster fucking red. And I just looked down and I was like, wow, your legs look really cold. <laughs> and she looked at me and she's like, what? It's like, your legs look really cold. They're so red. <laughs> And she just kind of like looked ahead and kept running. She's like, okay, and just ran faster. <laughs> I thought you were gonna, I, think, I thought you were gonna say something rowdy, like, who the fuck's this bitch? No. I just said something really dumb. It was just what popped in my mind. I mean, really, Kenny, you had to see this lady's poor legs. They were so red. I don't think anyone should be worried about that person's legs because at 19 years old, she can make her own choices. I know. And if I, someone told 19 year old you that they looked cold, you would have murdered them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would have murdered them, but I can only imagine it's one of the first weird old people experiences she's had during every the race. experience with old people is weird they always say dumb weird shit like that it's yeah, just exactly. your first experience being the weird old person in the race <laughs> sure yeah that's probably true but yeah so that was my only um interaction with the person who uh the lady who won and she won pretty well she was i don't know 209 or something and there was someone behind me that I just saw intermittently. She'd get closer and then further and then closer and then further. And then I couldn't see her for a while. And uh, yeah, she she uh, kind of dogged me the whole time. And it really, it kept me, kept me going, you know, kept me on my toes. But I started on, there's the trails kind of, the, the course is kind of one big loop with one small loop inside of it. And it, during that last little small loop, uh, my right calf and foot, basically my entire lower leg on the right side below the knee started to cramp. And it would literally all cramp at once from like my toes to the back of my knee. And so I had to do this really technical descent, a really technical climb that's really steep, and then run all the way back from like the high point of the course down to the finish line. 
and try to keep my toe from pointing at all because if I tried to push off of my toe too hard, it would just all cramp up. So that was, I, I, I imagine the lady behind me, she finished less than a minute behind me. I imagine she probably saw me hopping on one leg at some point during there and just was trying to run me down. So, but yeah, I I can't believe that I finished. I finished second overall woman in 213, I think, 212, 213. And I, I'm kind of surprised because the all of the women, like in the top, I don't know, five or so, are like legitimate, <laughs> legitimate runners, like good runners. So I'm really surprised that I did that well, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I was absolutely fucking crippled for two days. So, you know, I, I wouldn't really recommend my training to anyone because it really doesn't physically prepare you for the amount of muscle damage you're about to inflict on your body. So I spent most of Sunday just laying in bed. I spent a lot of time in bed. So that was, that was it. So, yeah, I was happy. Oh, I have a, a shout out. Yeah. If you need an electric two-wheeled item, I would recommend buying that from Motoclops if you have a dealer nearby. So we're going back to uh, Matt now. Well, you jumped in to talk about your race. Yeah. So You told me to. Sunday, I was going to ride the trials bike, and it was being a little finicky, and the battery display module wasn't working properly. So battery's fully charged. Bike functions, battery display says 0%. While well, the bike works, Andrea talked me into going to ride it anyways, so I went and goofed around on the trials bike, and I did something that kind of made me feel bad a little bit, but also kind of feel great a little <laughs> bit. Dude was trying to ride this thing, and I stood there spying him for like 10 or 15 tries probably, and I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a crack, and I just, and like he never got it, and I just knocked it out. And I kind of felt bad, but I also kind of felt good. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh monday i called them and i was like yo team this is what's going on tuesday the motherfucking thing shows up at my house they mailed me a replacement part that afternoon what what city are they in they're pretty much in like denver colorado springs okay so they they, they, they shipped a whole it. battery or was it like just a display just a little display module thing okay but they mailed it the day that i told them i had a problem they were like Okay, let me let you go because I have one here, and as long as Electric Motion says that they want us to cover this under warranty um, without me having to give them any pushback, I'll get it out to you ASAP. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. Don't stress it. They dude mailed it that afternoon. That is unbelievable. Pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, and that thing rocks, and I rode that, and then I sanded a bunch. And then Monday, I was just absolutely crippled <laughs> and because I didn't sit down on Sunday. And then on... Yesterday I kind of worked and then I I just went I worked all the meetings that I had but I didn't work any of my normal customer service job so like I would clock in for a meeting and then I would clock out and work on house shit and then I would clock in for a meeting and clock out and work on house shit and then I clocked in and helped close just because there wasn't that many people to close yesterday but yeah that was that was my week and then today I just worked a normal day and then after work I rushed to town and bought paint and if you've never bought paint let me tell you something. That shit's expensive. Paint is fucking expensive. The fancy color water, not cheap. So there you go. And today I did a. Uh, I went out. I rode outside today. Did some VO2 max intervals, and they went. They went well. I was happy. I think tomorrow I'm going to. Uh, I can wrap up my week tomorrow. 
I have two. So I had I've had like a shit ton of good feedback from people who are like, yeah, I'm doing this with ADHD. I'm doing this treatment and this treatment. I'm just figuring this out. Thank you for talking about mental health. So I really I appreciate all of you that have messaged me with that. I'm going to give you my ADHD tip of the week. I've been taking, well, I talked about it already. I've been taking Adderall, and recently it has been destroying my appetite. And on one hand, I was kind of, before I started taking it, I was kind of like binge eating, I think, for like the dopamine hit. Um, so at first, it's like, oh, this is really nice. I have a very appropriate appetite. I get hungry when I should, and I eat the right amount of food and then I get hungry again a few hours later and then I eat again. Well, now all of a sudden it's like I'm just not hungry and so I've started treating myself kind of to like some fancy cereal because cereal tends to be pretty high in calories. Chocolate, and you can uh, chocolate cocoa puffs? <laughs> no. Um, I've got Kashi Go. It's like the peanut butter flavored and it's it's got some protein and some fiber so it's it's not totally void of nutrients. Um, it gives you some of what you need, and it's, again, like, cereal tends to be very concentrated calories, so... God, I haven't eaten during a show in a long time, and now I want to eat cereal during this show. <laughs> so I've been doing that and just trying... To, I've gotten, like, healthy junk food, like Terra chips is another one. It's sweet potato and beet and uh, some other stuff. Uh, basically some root vegetables that are, you know, fried and salted. So, again... A pretty high calorie snack but again it's not like eating a straight up potato chip it's got you know some fiber and some vitamins and minerals and whatnot because it's something besides just a plain starchy potato so that's my tip of the week is find high calorie nutrient dense food if your medication is killing your appetite off and that's pretty much it for me kenny what you been up to <clears throat> let's think i haven't done any cool two-wheel things really unfortunately i did fuck kenny the whole show was riding on your shoulders shut it down i know <laughs> delete um, the files i thought about doing cool two-wheel things but weather is just horrible here i will be doing lots of cool two-wheel things in a couple of weeks which will be really fun let's see i did we talked about it on the last show i'm pretty sure but i picked up the kinevo but we, yep. we did talk we about, about that, that right okay just making sure I still have my Levo SL. I'm going to ride the Kinevo SL, see what I think before I decide what I'm going to do with the Levo SL. I think no matter what, the Levo SL will probably go away. It just has some miles on it, and it's time to move on to something new. So whether it's a, if I don't end up long-term running the Kinevo SL, then I'll probably get maybe the likes of a Fuel EXE or maybe another Levo SL. We'll see. So that's undecided yet. I'm just kind of trying this, like taking this shot in left field. Hopefully I'll like it. Uh, I did swap out the wheels and tires. I had a set of control carbons in the basement that were my road wheels for my Levo SL. So I just decided to throw on some two six tires onto that because the bike came with two threes, ooh, which I thought ooh, was very which unusual. Tires? Which tires? I need to know. <laughs> Fuck, I need to know. Uh, I have a butcher 2.6 front and a purgatory 2.6 rear Ooh. goddamn party tires it's not that sounds like fun it's not the combo that i want as far as sidewall goes but it's just what is available so the t9 compound which is a really soft compound is what i got for the front tire and they only make that in the grid trail casing essentially so they're pretty heavy they're about 1100 grams which is more than i would Who like cares? but not like horrible 
1100's reasonable for a 2.6 trail tire for sure. That's not crazy. Definitely, yeah. Like a D, for reference, a DH casing tire is going to be in probably that 13 to 1500 ballpark or possibly even more. And then the rear tire is just a regular grid casing and it's like 900 grams, 950. It's really light. Also, it's a shorter tread, so there's less rubber. A um, couple things I noticed. One is the T9 compound is just, it might be too soft, truly. Like it's gummy to the point where it's almost weird. Floppy. Yeah, it might be, it might be too floppy. We're going to find out. Anyway, uh, measurement wise, those are not two sixes. Like they're just not. Are they like two five ish? Probably like a two four five. Oh, when I and here's okay. Hold on, let's do some Here, maths. Let's do some maths. Uh, I let's, I calipered some things. I calipered let's, them, and I have thirty mil internal rims, so I don't have like dumb. That's what I was about to say. Rims. Is are they made for thirty fives or something? Like I don't know. No, I was. That's what I was gonna say. Is bullshit. You're running them on their rims. You're running. It's not like you're like. Well, this is, it doesn't measure on my twenty two rim. Like it's an old <laughs> stands. Of course it doesn't measure, and the rims cracked. If you're running the tire on the rim it's supposed to be run on, give me a break. Okay, well, they measure exactly 2.5. They will probably stretch for real. Like, that is a real thing that happens once you uh, fatigue a tire a little bit and it goes through some cycles, goes through some heat cycles. It will expand a little bit, but it measured 60, 63 millimeters on my caliper, which is exactly 2.5 inches. But you Wait, can just 63 tell. 63 millimeters? Yes, yeah, 63 that's millimeters. Like, that's like commie units, man. Yeah, I don't yeah, measure in freedom units. I don't like I don't like inches. I'm and just fractions. Kidding. I get I get nervous. I've been trying to cut stuff out of wood, and I keep having to think fractionally. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh, I could just convert all this to millimeters. <laughs> it's so much easier. So much easier. Anyway, so I did swap out the wheels and tires. Did we talk about weights on last show? Yeah, it's like forty two pounds or some shit. Yeah, so no pedals. I think it's like forty two, forty two and a half, somewhere in that ballpark, if I remember right. And now with those bigger tires, but very light carbon wheels, everything else is the same. And pedals. It weighs 41 and a half. So what does that wheel set weigh? Like a million pounds? No, Four, just the 1,400. Oh, I meant the stock ones weigh like a million oh, pounds. Oh, yeah, they're actually, they're not bad. I think they're eighteen or 1,900. I think 19, maybe 1,950. Which I, makes total sense on a bike with that much travel. Yeah, but way better than their old wheels. Uh, from a, I don't know longevity wise. These are the Bear Paul hub deals, which are the replacement for. It's the same price point as their old Formula hubs. I don't remember what they called those wheels, but they were the Formula hubs. I know for a fact that they weighed twenty two hundred grams with the Traverse alloys, which was like unacceptably heavy. That's just dumb. So these are like right at two thousand or sub two thousand, which is honestly very reasonable for their price point. They're perfectly good wheels, I think. I don't know how long the free hub and stuff's going to last, but just kind of messing with them, they're perfectly reasonable, and I probably should have just run them, but I honestly own that wheel set, and there was no reason why I shouldn't put fancy carbon on there. Plus, they're like kind of XC wheels, and it, That's what I was going to say. You've got a bike with- They got a warranty. What's the what's the rear rear wheel travel on that bike? 175, 180. <laughs> with 1,400 gram wheels on it. Yeah, you know, uh, the way I look at it is this. I probably wouldn't break those specialized wheels on an Epic. So I've got a bike that has even more travel. So it's going to be even cushier on the wheels. I like where your head's at. <laughs> but we should keep moving on before other people just crash their car to a telephone pole. hoping that. This <laughs> but in all away. seriousness, I'm probably not going to ride anything on this bike 
that I wouldn't ride on an Epic. But, but, oh, bullshit. I but am be probably more likely to it. be going really fast yeah. on this bike because you can. So when that wheel hits the thing that it shouldn't hit, you're going to be going like five miles an hour faster than yep. you would be on an Epic. Hey, here's the thing. I've never broken a wheel while riding it. So maybe now is my time. We'll see. You've broken a road <laughs> wheel, right? That, that Mavic I mean, wheel I that didn't, you possum surprised that pothole on? break it. It still worked. <laughs> I just hit a pothole hard enough that I grayed out for a second. But that's it. And I've never... <laughs> I've just never broken. <laughs> I almost missed that, Kenny. What the f- we need to keep going. Jesus Christ. Kenny, do you know what the possum surprise is? Uh, no. So don't look it up on Urban Dictionary. It's not in there, I don't think. One time Matt and I, Matt was following me to the cabin in uh, Mountain View. Mm-hmm. So we're driving through Arkansas on kind of that long, straight stretch of highway. And he's tailgating me a little bit. Because he's an asshole. And so I there's this roadkill possum in the middle of the road. And I didn't swerve until the last second. So he just like slammed into this bloated possum that was in the <laughs> middle of the road. Yeah, she's in her <laughs> Honda Element. And like we had to take separate cars because I had to come home and go back to work or something earlier. And like we're just cruising along. And all of a sudden she swerves. And then in my like O2 Ford Focus, I'm just like, flop. <laughs> <laughs> And she calls me just cackling like that, like, ah, I fucking got you, ah. Awesome surprise. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. But other than that, I haven't been doing a whole lot of two-wheeled things, but I have been doing other things. I've been fabbing up. Uh, I've been gluing a whole bunch of metal together for the Ridgeline, and that's a lot of fun. Gluing metal together. Yep. Yeah, glue that stick. is that's the dream. With the is. like the hot glue stick that makes fire? That that is correct. Well not fire, but you know, it uses it uses electrical magic from the wall and then you can melt metal together and build whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> the electric glue stick. You the wanna, glue you wanna stick. come over you wanna come over here and build some shit? What do you want to build? I'll build whatever you want. I want a bumper for my truck. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, Drive anyway. your truck down there. So I fabbed up some wheel chocks for the motorcycles in the back that use factory mounting points, and it's like all removable. It turned out pretty good, I think. Maybe I'll throw some pictures up. And what else did I do? I think I think that's it. There's something I'm forgetting. Well, anyway, it'll come to me. Just, that's about yeah, it. just blurt it out whenever you remember it. Yeah. So anyway, getting the Ridgeline all prepared for hauling shit. It's going to be really cool. Uh, in other news, there is a new electric motorcycle. Yet another one. There's going to be so many. It's going to be so crazy. We've already talked about this, but they're just going to start coming in everywhere. It's going to be so nuts. There's so much cool stuff happening. But there's just a small revision of the Talaria Sting, which is one of the ones that I have. And it's just kind of more better in every way. So that's going to be really cool. A little bit more power and a little bit bigger battery. Pretty neat. That's it. Uh, do we want to jump into listener questions? questions? Let's move straight to questions. Yeah, there's not really any new shit that I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I browsed a little bit on new shit. Uh, there's some like, you know, that weird crank manufacturer makes some direct bolt chain rings now. They kind of match the aesthetic of their crank. That's cool and all, but like everybody in the world makes chain rings. I guess they're neat because they're titanium, which is, you know, whatever. That's arguably cool. You could definitely argue stainless steel rings can be cool because they last a really long time. Not a whole lot of people make them. I know Wolftooth makes a few. So kind of cool to see 
another option. They're, you know, understandably a lot of dollars, but they probably last twice as long and they cost twice as much. So, you know, sure. Cool. Cane Creek is making some rim brake brakes that if I still rode um, a rim brake bike, I would use them. Yeah. They look amazing. They're just, uh, they're just multi anno colored and they would fade within a year, but fuck, they look good. Oh, and I'm yeah. trying to, back to bike stuff, I'm trying to not accidentally buy a triple clamp fork for my Kinevo. <laughs> but what I learned about that is, and I said I was going to look it up, I never did. I'm pretty sure the axle of crowns on a triple clamp fork for the same amount of travel. So for example, a 180 mil triple clamp fork for the most part is going to have a similar axle to crown as a 10 or 20 mil shorter travel single crown fork. So if you want to keep your geometry the same, you can get away with running 10 or 20 mil more travel and it will like static sit in about the same place, which is pretty cool. And that's just because the crown doesn't have to have all that extra bracing because it's not the only thing holding your fork together. It's just that lower crown can be nice and thin. And then, of course, it's supported by everything else above it. So that's why. Ain't that some shit. Ain't Ain't that that some shit. All right. Yeah, we should go to listener questions. There's nothing good that's new. Let's go to Patreon first. And this is another one for Kenny about vehicles from Reed. Uh, I'm going to trim this way down. Okay. Because Kenny already bought a vehicle. Uh, So just listen to the latest show of Kenny looking for a van truck. He's been going through a similar thing, and he's been looking to get in a Mercedes Metris van with a pop top. Cool. That's that's all we need to read there. Yeah, um, definitely. I've seen those. They look really cool. They were pretty expensive. I think there was maybe even a factory option. The Metris is, I think, a very cool all-rounder. So for anybody out there, the Metris has been discontinued, unfortunately, but the Metris is similar kind of to like a Ford Transit Connect kind of. It's definitely a unibody, more of like a car chassis, which is cool. It's got a normal gas motor in it, which is really cool. It's made by Mercedes, which is, you know, maybe arguably not a good thing. I don't really know. Uh, They're supposed to drive really good. They get super good gas mileage. You can tow 5,000 pounds with them. So they have, have a lot of stuff going for them. I definitely looked at those. The downside is, like, you can definitely fit full size motos in the back of that, but it's essentially going to be the same height as a short roof, full-size transit, which means unfortunately kind of low. Like you're going to be really, you're almost going to be scraping knuckles, loading bikes in the back and pretty much not able to, you could set a bed up in there, but it's just not, uh, it's a tough call for me because if I'm going to go as far as to get a van and get something like big and I'm spending a lot of money, I kind of want to be able to like actually move around in it pretty easy. And the Metris is just not quite that. But if you're after just security and you're moving like one moto around for example maybe two and you're not really ever going to sleep in it i think it's probably great although i guess arguably the pop top would maybe solve some of those problems but they get really expensive really fast yep um all right what else we got we've got from gabriel gabriel says hey group I can't read the top line because you scrolled away from it. I have a question for you. I'm currently looking for replacement tires for my Epic Evo that Kenny suggested for me to get on episode 41. Currently running specialized ground control front and rear, and as Kenny has said multiple times now, specialized missed the mark on these. They need more volume and my preferred grip, small pump, compliance pressure. I hit the rim a little too often, and I believe this could have all been solved by making them have a little more volume. I'm fine with the speed and grip of the tires on my terrain, but they leave me wanting more out of them. When I first got this bike, it was kind of meant to be an all-rounder and replace my Evo for 
Stumpy Evo for everyday rides. I've now come to the realization that I prefer riding my Stumpy over the Epic for the normal trail ride, so I'm switching around the focus of the Epic Evo to more of a raced-slash-fast group ride bike. What should I get? I ran Recon 2.4s last year on the Stumpy for XC, and I love them, so I'm tempted to go back to that, but I've also been thinking of getting something even faster. Aspen, Ardent, Recon Race, something else entirely. Thank you guys for everything you do, as always. Gabriel. Uh, let's round wow, robin this. I'm just thinking. Aspen's on a Stumpy. That's like even wilder no, he than something ran I would imagine on doing. Well, I thought I heard talk about Aspen's. Yeah, he says, I'm thinking of getting something else for the Stumpy. Recons, Aspen's, Ardent's, Recon Race. I know. Like, no, that's... La- last year, so, okay, this is what happened. Last year, he raced his Stump Jumper Evo in cross country and he put recon two fours on it great now he has an epic evo and it has ground oh, controls my and he bad hates them. okay got and it. he's thinking should i do the recons like last year or go with something faster got yeah. it we're so, talking about now making the epic evo really fast rolling okay got making it. my bad. epic evo more epicy, less uh, evo okay uh who wants to go first i say we lightning around this i would run recon two four in the front recon race or aspen in the rear in a two four worst case scenario you hate the rear tire and you buy another recon but best case scenario it rips ass i think if you went like double aspen your front tire would slip out and you'd have to buy a new front tire done go next kenny uh i think that recon two four front is really smart recon in the back's also obviously really good we've all run that combo at some point i think they're awesome uh aspen in the rear is doable they're pretty decent they get a lot of casing grip uh i've not really heard anything too bad about the aspens probably not the most amazing front tire i think a perfectly adequate rear tire uh you could even throw an icon on the back that's reasonable and you could run that recon on the front but i would probably not go any smaller than like a recon on the front possibly an ardent race i think those are decent front tires uh also kind of back to a previous subject totally obviously agree on the volume problem on the ground control i think there's just there's way too much tread and not enough volume for it to actually like give the how it's supposed to and it just does weird does weird things i think the tire has potential but they missed the mark on not having a bigger volume tire so that's all my input. Oh, and also you could do like, if you wanted to stick with specialized, I don't still don't love the ground controls the front. The, I think you could totally do fast track front and rear. Those are going to be great. In a two six on the front though, right? You could, they don't make a two six fast track anymore. Oh. Yeah. So, but the new, the new one is available in T seven compound for the front and you could run like a T five on the rear or maybe they make a T nine. I can't remember. I know they make, one softer version of it and i do they make a t-pain that would be really cool but probably kind of a copyright trademark situation but i know plenty of people who run just fast tracks front and rear and do some rowdy shit on them the new compound ones and the new tread design and they seem to do just fine all right so i agree with matt that two four recon two four front with something faster in the rear like the aspen or the recon race i think is a great idea but if you are, I don't remember where you live and where you're racing. If it's someplace that has really nice dirt that's pretty grippy, go ahead and do fast tire front and rear. Go ahead and do recon race front and rear or Aspen front recon race rear or something like that. Give that a shot. If it's something like Colorado where it's a bunch of, I don't know, sand and marbles on top of 
a hard floor, uh, don't do that because you would be much more likely to put your face on the ground. So Nat is pouring himself a bowl of cereal right now. So if you hear crinkling and background noise, it is Nat getting cereal. I made him crave cereal, apparently. <laughs> do you have another question pulled up? Uh, yeah, let me go right to the next one. Oh my gosh, this is a long question, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, from Jimbo K. Says, Hi, JRA. Wheel question for wheel question for you. Just kidding. Kind of. Wheel adjacent question. Anyhow, my wife is five foot, maybe five one, on a good day. For some reason, we like to participate in 50 to 100K mountain bike, 50 mile to 100K mountain bike events. Occasionally, we do things like Leadville. I have really been enjoying an epic Evo for these distances, but she is still ripping an old Scott scale 27.5 hardtail. We've been discussing upgrading her to something a little more comfortable slash fun, like the Evo for these events, but she's a little hesitant to jump to a 29er. Are y'all aware of any full suspension cross-country oriented bikes that have a size extra small with 27.5 wheels? I haven't been able to turn up any info to confirm or deny this on the Google, so I'm hoping you have some insight. Is looking for that niche of a bike a fool's errand and we should just... Have her get on a 29er and get used to it. Do y'all know any short riders that have been enjoying larger wheels? Any general tips for a short rider looking for a cross-country oriented bike? Thanks for the laughs on my Monday morning commute. Jimbo K. I will say that that is a very good question because truly I don't know off the top of my head any 27.5 full suspension cross-country bikes. I think that unfortunately it was a thing for a minute. Probably the likes of Scott and some other people made some and then... Uh, trek and pivot yeah i think they just kind of that just kind of went away so my other just thing that came to mind as you were talking about all this is if your um wife is that right wife sitting if you another i think so okay well your we'll say wife. yes anyway yeah, it's wife. so if she is comfortable on a 27.5 as far as getting through technical sections and stability and all those kind of things if she's gotten used to that and it's just comfortable on 27.5s, there's nothing wrong with 27.5s. But if this was maybe a newer rider, you can definitely tell they get stopped up on stuff, then it would probably make a lot more sense to go to the 29, right? But what I'm saying is maybe don't rush. If you can find a 27.5 full suspension in her size, maybe don't necessarily rush off and go get a 29. But what about the other side? What happens when she wants a new bike and they spend two years trying to find something that's really not existing well, anymore? Yes. Yeah. Because... 2019 Pivot discontinued the Mach 4, not to be confused with the new Mach 4 SL, which replaced the Mach 4 29, because it was the 29er version of the Mach 4. That was a really low standover bike, came in extra small, 27.5, so you need a Mach 4 2019 or prior, but they're kind of unicorn bikes. Trek used to make their size small and extra small cross-country bikes in 27.5, and then they decided that... They weren't going to do that anymore because they said that 29 was, based on their testing and rider feedback, that 29 was faster. Um, and basically, Pivot kind of went the same way. You know, they, and, and look, you can't, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. You know, you can say, yeah, all of these small people that are professionals are now riding 29 inch bikes and they say that they are just as good or better or faster or whatever. But they're handed the bike that they're supposed to sell as a professional. You know, as a professional bike racer, your job isn't to 
race bikes. Your bike, your job is to sell bikes. And so, also, let's be real. A couple things about professional athletes is they're so good that they're going to ride fucking anything. So yeah, yeah. I know that's going to be a big like bubble buster everything. for a lot of people, but like it doesn't fucking matter what they ride. Sorry, they're really good. They're going to make it. Come work. on. The, the only... S-Works made Sagan fast. If it wasn't <laughs> S-Works, he wouldn't have went fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the other piece of this is, in my experience, the only thing that they really change on the bike is they just get it to fit them the way they want it to fit. But outside of that, they ride. Yeah, they ride what they're given. Yeah. And I would definitely, so if you do, so that first off, if you are going to try and search for a bike, I would look for a slightly older, I don't know the year that Trek made the switch. It was sometime. I would not buy any Trek old enough to have twenty-seven-five wheels. Yeah, I mean, it was sometime between, I don't know, sometime around 2016, I think. 2016, 2017. So, yeah, a little bit old. Same with Pivot. You know, 2019, up until then, they made a Mach 4 that was a 27.5-wheeled short travel bike. Yeah, but Pivots don't just, like, explode like some spy letter where, like, after a certain amount of time, it <laughs> self-ignites. What was that, Inspector Gadget? yeah. So, you know, it's going to be tough to find one. I don't think you're going to find one with warranty. Um, you know, so you're going to be looking for that used unicorn bike. Thankfully, smaller people tend to be less hard on equipment just because there's less weight on top of the bike. So it might be in pretty decent shape. I mean, it's going to be better in better shape than, say, a large bike of that vintage. So look for that. Um, if you do end up switching to a 29 a big thing to look at, take a look at some of the smaller riders. Um, this is a good place to look for a professional cyclist. Look at what the smaller riders are doing as far as their bar-stem combo. Because what happens with the 29-inch wheel is it raises the front end. And for bigger people, that's not a big problem. For small people, what happens is you end up being on like a beach cruiser. So especially if you're five feet tall, your seat height is so low and the front of the bike is so high that even to have your bars in line with your seat, not even trying to get any drop on the bars, um, you might end up with a very extreme angled stem. You might end up running a set of bars upside down. But pay attention to that because that's one thing that can make a very small rider very uncomfortable on a 29-inch bike if they're making that switch. Take a look at her saddle-to-bar drop or rise right now and when you make that switch try to match that and that's that's going to help her have enough weight on the front wheel yeah and when andrea says running a bar upside down that's not like some kook homebrew shit like my envy bar is technically it's not a flat bar it has five millimeters of rise or five millimeters of drop depending on how you install it yeah so there's there's bars that are made for that um, right. You don't just go turning your handlebars upside down all willy-nilly. Yeah, like Sentase makes a really good stem mm -hmm. that can really get your bar very low, like in front of your head tube. Sup, Shelby? And even though that looks kind of weird, when you just look at the stem, if you look at the bike from the side and you look at the bars in relation to the saddle height, it's going to look pretty normal if you just kind of take out that weird visual of how the stem looks. I said that because one of my coworkers got his boo, Shelby. A super low stem. Okay. Like the stem that looks like it's melted. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's next? Go faster. Sorry for giving me the, uh, I had to take a frosted shredded mini wheats break. They're not a sponsor of the show. They could be. Just mail me a whole pallet of that shit. This is Mike So are you running bin. new brand mini wheats? 
Hell yeah, man. Life's too short to eat off-brand cereal and fake there pop cards. <laughs> off-brand cereal is really depressing. No, here's a real problem that I've seen is it's not nearly as available as it used to be. I don't. We can't go into a grocery conspiracy about that right now, though. So Mike Big Bend says... Bike Bend. Mike Bike Bend, whatever. Socks. Yes, Kenny, socks aren't shoes, and I wear socks all day inside. BPM. What? I don't know. That's beats per minute. That's all B- I think of BPM. when I see BPM. You want, I don't know, a uh, beam pole mat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you want uh, Dahlgren socks, alpaca blend, the cheapest, most expensive socks you can buy, and sympathies on the drywall projects, hopefully nearly complete. Um, kind of. Andrea, McKenzie method, Cobra proses for sciatica. Been doing those for five years. Kenny, the watt lossage on the tubes in your steel is real fatty is well beyond your imagination. More rubber touching, lower pressures, more friction, more lost power, more than you would imagine. Take those tubes out, use seal insulation, search AOL <laughs> to take up some volume, and set those things up tubeless. What is seal insulation? Hold I don't on, know. I go to, to AOL and search it. Am I supposed to like spray foam those sons of bitches? I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> That looks like uh, yeah, a tape. You, you could be right, but the cool thing is, it's an e-bike. <laughs> All right, you could go even faster. Let's uh, let's keep moving forward through these questions, and then I can go <sighs> Taskmaster. I can go to shredded mini wheat round two. Uh, this is more of a comment than a question. This is from Craig. Craig says two point eight recons slap even in Pisca. So just to quickly interject here for those of you that that uh, want to know. I did fit a 2.8 recon inside of an old pike. You can run a recon 2.8 on a 30 mil rim in a pike with a fender and still fit your fingers over the front tire. So, jeez, about to be fucking party time in that bitch. <laughs> the Hey Duke, thanks Tim, is about to be partying even hardier. Um, I haven't figured out if the recon 2.6 is going to clear in the rear with my current single speed chain length yet, but uh, I was going to work on that today. Then I didn't, so we'll see. But I, I stuffed the front wheel in and was like, hell yeah, brother, and then went back inside. Uh, Craig also says, yes, I-9 Anno fade pretty bad, and I'd totally buy Ridgeline, Taco and Forerunner pretty awful on gas, F-150 and Silverado better on gas than Toyota V6. And then he sent me a bunch of pictures from Pisgah, his bike and lots of trail work. They're doing some trail sanitization, it looks like. They're putting in some rocks. Hold on. That dude's got a lunchbox. It looks like it needs a motherfucking sticker for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Craig? Quit being a cheap bitch and buy some stickers. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, And Craig says, to finish it up, keep up the great show. Many of the Pisgah Sorba board of directors listen to y'all. So maybe we should send them some stickers. Yeah, maybe the Pisgah Sorba board needs a care they're pack. Doing, it looks like they're doing a lot of very good work there around Pisgah. Doing God's work. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they have a cooler that has a spot, this bare spot right on the side that would fit a JRA sticker. All right, next question. Taskmaster Supreme. This is our last one. Kurt says, with all this, the discussion about eating chamois, soup or sandwich? I don't know. I think, I think if I have to eat my chamois... To please the protune gods. True tune. True tune gods, sorry. Um, I would make a chamois sammy, <laughs> but it would include bread. So it would be a sandwich. It would be a sandwich. Okay. Uh, but if you fried it up and ate it with a fork, it would be a soup. 
All right. Oh, this is a good question that we have in patron Slack that we can wrap up on. This is from Clayton. You want me to read? Nah, I'll read. Theoretical question. What would it take for Fox or SRAM to make silver stanchions cool again? Say it's light, it's platinum colored, silver is boring, duh. Bash black or gold stanchions, etc. Hmm. I'm trying I to think. If you I don't anno, think it if you can anode it silver, I think it could look pretty cool. I'm surprised we haven't seen, like in the Moto world, there's that like iridescent color. I think we maybe talked about it on a previous show. I'm surprised there's oil not. Slick? It's kind of like an oil slick looking color. They had a different name oh, for it. Oil slick remember. stanchions. It would be really, that would be really cool. Yeah. I think we need oil slick stanchions. See, it's funny. In the BMX world, they call that jet fuel. Sure. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think you're going to get a silver stanchion on a performance fork again. And I'll tell you why. Uh, shitty forks are silver. It There's just this connotation. And look, let me tell you. I see a bike with that that piss yellow fox stanchion. Boom. That's an old piece of shit bike. You just know that it is like a 2014 tall boy, and you know that if you looked at it closely, it's probably cracked, and the rear wheel needs a new free hub for sure. You can just tell when you see something with that odd, goldish, pissy color stanchion, the not Kashima color, that it's just a certain era of blah. And same with RockShocks. You know, like an old Reba Dual Air has that blah color, and... You look at a cheap fork, and it's a Recon Silver because it's just a plated steel stanchion. I don't think that we have this delineation where silver sucks, black is cool, and gold is like, oh, my God. And I don't know that we're going to – I don't think you're going to go silver sucks, black is cool, gold is oh, my God, and silver's cool again. Like well, I, I think you would have to do not like the chrome silver that's on cheap stuff. It would have to be – your. You're, like a matte silver or... You're missing my point that we have this old matte color and it looks awful. You pull your bike out of the park, like your truck, or you drive up in the parking lot. From across the parking lot, your bike is just going to look out of place and cheap. I stand by it. There's just a certain... I don't gut- know. I think they, they would have to make silver that wasn't that color silver, which would defeat the purpose, I know. Well, I guess what I'm saying is the old silver that wasn't shiny was also a very ugly color. <laughs> we had not whatever you would call that, like the raw anodized Reba from 2012. Like That fork was hideous. We just didn't know any better. They started making them black and we shit in our pants. <laughs> I think that SRAM needs to make oil slick stanchions to be one step above Fox's gold. They would be rainbow in SRAM terminology. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Unicorn fart. No, that would be uh, unicorn hair <laughs> and iridescent rainbow tears is the new SRAM force colors. Okay. I don't. None of that's true, but... <laughs> what do you think, Kenny? How... how can silver look cool again, or is it just cheap? I think, you're, I think you're right. It's hard to kick that, that we just instantly think it. But at the same time, people would know... If you made the rest of the chassis look distinct, I don't think that would be a problem necessarily. But yeah, I I don't see that happening anytime soon. I just can't think of any currently existing high performance coatings on any type of like motorsport fork that is silver. There's definitely just steel motorsport stuff uh, because sometimes that's, in fact, I guess it's kind of always necessary. I'm pretty sure all the motorsport stuff 
the upside down forks, the lowers in that case, the actual stanchion, pretty sure they're all steel. Could be wrong on that. Yeah, it makes sense. But I'm pretty sure they're steel. Anyway, uh, I just don't think, I don't think we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see steel or sorry, a silver color. Yep. What else we got? Uh, That is it for listener questions. I do want to say that right now we have a poll going on our Patreon. By the time this posts, though, I am hoping to have two colors of JRA Outdoor Media t-shirts up for pre-order on our website. God damn! If I don't, I'll just cut that part out. No, no, no. <laughs> you you hold your whore mouth accountable. <laughs> so yes, our patrons are, I put up four different colors of shirts. Um, we had to pick one ink color just to keep the cost of the shirts down. It costs extra if you change ink colors in your shirt production. So in order to keep the price around $30 or so, uh, we had to go with one ink color and we did four different shirt colors. And right now, Based on our patrons' votes, the two colors that Matt and I liked the best are in last place. So So I won't quit my day job and start designing clothing. That's the takeaway. Yeah, sure. I think, well, so I liked this color called dark chocolate. And I think in the picture that I put up of it, it just looks black. So it looks like a black and yellow t-shirt, even though I called it. it's, It's funny, I put the shirts up by the name that the manufacturer gives the colors. And, uh... Someone already made fun of that since we make fun of stupid color names. Uh, when I hear dark chocolate, I only think of the uh, hot and spicy balls like South Park Chef. Oh, uh, chocolate salty balls? Yeah, chocolate salty balls. Put them in your mouth. They're on fire, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, we will blow up social media with the pre-order link and... Blow it up to all 300 people to follow. Uh, it's like 900 or something. I was... Self-deprecating humor. humor. Yeah. You're really missing the boat here. <laughs> I mean, 900 is not that great in the scheme of It was triple media. what I jokingly said. All right. So, hey, everyone, before we wrap it up, I just want to let you know that the shirt order on the Just Riding Along Show website is live. There are two colors of t-shirts, there are tank tops, and there are long sleeve shirts. So we've got you covered for at least three seasons. So head over to JustWritingAlongShow.com, click on the JRA Merch button at the top of the page, and order as much as you want. Enjoy. Do it! Um, If you could, go to our social media page. We mainly use Instagram. Occasionally we look at Twitter, but mostly Instagram. Go there, follow, like a post, comment on a post, interact with the algorithm so that more people will get to see the Just Riding Along show. If that's not enough, you can always go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review for us. Let us know what you think. Kenny, is that it for you? That's it. Matt, is that it for you? Yeah, I'm done. All right. Shut it down. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you for listening, and good night. Frosted Shredded Mini Wheats round two. Go. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along show. There's some shit coming out of your great pads.